my message today is simply titled The Promise Keeper. The Promise Keeper. You know, God is a God who, if He says He's going to do something, you can be sure that it's going to happen. You can be sure that it's going to happen. You know, sometimes there are low-level promises, sometimes there are high-level promises. Everything in this world we live in is on the basis of promises. Now, if I have to ask you a question, okay, and if I have to say, how many of you are going to come to church before 12.30 next Sunday? How many of you are going to say yes? I saw some hands going like that. See, life is all about promises. How many of you feel you're going to break that promise? Honest. Very good. Very good. I I appreciate that. Because that's who we are. We make and we break. And we don't want to do it intentionally. But it it happens unintentionally. But when God makes a promise, you can be assured that it will never be broken. You can, you can be assured of this one fact that it will never be broken. You know, Peter says we've been given exceedingly great and precious promises. You know, and when God speaks his word, it has within it the power to fulfill everything he said. When God speaks his word, it has within it to fulfill, it, it has within it the power to fulfill every word he said. And I want you to know that the promises of God are valuable. Today you may be in a place, you're on this journey with God. When you started off, there were promises spoken over your life. There were promises that you got from scripture that you were holding on to. But somewhere down the line, because of something that that may have happened, because of other people promising you, you know, hey, you've got this job, this is yours, we're giving you an increase in salary, and somewhere it falls through, it does not come to pass, what happens is it, it causes us to, to let go of the promises of God as well. You know, and we put the blame on God. You said that you were going to do this. You gave me this promise. But we fail to understand that the Bible says that God makes all things beautiful just in time. And very often we feel that our time and God's time is the same and it needs to be done that way. That's why we let go. And we miss out. But the Bible says in Romans 5, 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I want you to know this, that when God speaks, he doesn't disappoint. When God speaks, he doesn't disappoint you. You may have let go of the promise, but God has not let go. God has not let go. God's word wants to heal you. You know, blessings follow obedience. Blessings follow obedience eventually. I was sharing with the worship team yesterday and I was saying, you know, the last week, in my, in my quiet time, I've just been having this conversation with God. I've been having this, this uh, not a debate, but just this, this conversation with God. And I was like, God, what is true success to you? What is true success to you? 
Is it a 10-member church, a 50-member church, a 100-member church, a 1,000-member church? What is true success? And I felt God say very clearly and very strongly, you want to have true success? The answer to true success is obedience. I'm a promise-keeping God. I never change. I will never fail you. The answer to true success is obedient. You stay true to the call. You stay true to the call and do what I've called you to do. And every promise will come to pass. Just be obedient. Just be obedient. I was expecting God to give me a nice big blueprint, a strategy. How, what should we change in our social media? What should we change? No. God just said obedience. Obedience. One true success in life. Just be obedient. It may not look like it right now. God, I've been obedient so long, there's nothing happening. Trust me, when it happens, you'll be thankful that you stood your ground. You'll be thankful, I'm glad, God, I did not shake or fall. I'm glad, God, I did not give up. I'm glad I stood and remained obedient. You know, and the best part is that God wants to fulfill his promise through you. God tells Abraham, I will bless Sarah. I'm going to bless Sarah, but it's through you. I'm going to bless Sarah, but it's through you. Abraham fell. God gave him a promise. And for 13 years, Abraham went about and did his own thing. We know what happened. For 13 years, God went silent on Abraham. You know, from being known as the father of the nation, Abraham hearing the voice of God, stepping out, you know, not knowing where he's going, but trusting God fully, having that conversation with God, and then going about and doing his own thing, and then, and then he falls in spite of the covenant and the promise that God made with him that I will bless you. That promise is going to be fulfilled through you. I'm going to bless Sarah, but that promise is going to be fulfilled through you. In spite of that, Abraham fell. And for 13 years, God went silent on him. God went silent on him. And after 13 years, God came back and said, I'm going to fulfill the promise that I made with you. I'm your El Shaddai, your all-sufficient God. Everything that you need and will ever need can be found in me. I'm your El Shaddai, your all-sufficient God. It may take time, but the promise of God will come to pass. The promise of God will come to pass. You know, and Isaac means, Isaac means joy. You know, when God gave Abraham the promise and said, I'm going to bless Sarah, but it's going to be through you, they had a child named Isaac, and Isaac means joy. You know, the name Isaac means joy. And the significance of that was that joy was going to be brought to the entire family. He went through a dark period, but when you experience the joy of the Lord, you, you, when you experience the joy of the Lord, it wipes away any form of darkness that you may have experienced in your past and it just transforms your life completely. It just transforms your life completely. Provided you be obedient and stick to doing things according to the will of God. Promises empower and protect us. Bible says in Luke 10 verse 19, 
Look, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You know, God's promises are generational. This promise that God has given us is a generational promise. That no matter what happens, wherever we go, we are protected. We're taken care of. We're empowered. Some of us may say today, I don't have a promise from God. That's a lie. The Bible says, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and to trample on snakes and copians. That, that's a promise from God. That no matter where you go, your walk is taken care of by God. You are protected and you are empowered. What promise are you holding on to today? Or are you, have you let go of promise? The second thing is that God's promises are always fulfilled. Say always fulfilled. Always fulfilled. The Bible says, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people, Israel, according to all that he promised. Not one word of his promises, which he gave by the hand of Moses, his servant, has failed. Not one word has failed. God's promises are always fulfilled. You know, it's very important for us. Some promises might have taken years. Some promises uh, might, have not even, might, not, might not have come to pass yet. I have promises over my life that I'm holding on to that have not yet come to pass. But we need to understand that we need to hold on to those promises because promises are for an appointed time season or day it will not come to pass when you want to it, it will not come to pass when you want it to come to pass it will come to pass when god feels it's the right time for that promise to explode in your life but god's promises over your life will always be fulfilled the third and the most important point i mean all the points are important but god's promises require faith God's promises require faith. You know, Luke 1, 45 to 47, it says, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a completion to those things which were, told, which were told to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. It says, Blessed is she who believed. God's promises require faith. God's promises require faith. You know, it's very important for us to not only rely on that first encounter that we had when we got saved. It's very important for us to have an encounter with God daily. It's very important for us to have an encounter with God daily. What does an encounter with God do? What does an encounter with God do? It empties you of yourself. And it allows you to be filled with the things of God. And when an encounter allows you to be filled with the things of God, it allows you to trust and put all your faith in God and God alone. And when you trust and put your faith in God and God alone, it allows you to move in authority, in confidence, with the spirit of excellence, believing that no matter what may come today to bring me down, my God is for me. There's nothing that, no matter what may come today that would try to bring me down, it will not succeed. 
because my hope is in nothing less. My trust is in God. My faith is in God. I'm filled with the, I'm filled not only with the Spirit of God, but I believe that if God is with me, nothing can harm me and bring me down. Whether news, situation, environment, whatever it could be, it gives you enough faith to trust God for the impossible. God's promises require faith. When you open the Bible, which you should open the Bible every day, before you walk out of the house, God gives you promises every single day. The more God gives you promise, the more you, you open your Bible every single day, you encounter God, the more you encounter God, he gives you promises every single day. The more he gives you promises every single day, the more faith you believe for those promises to come to pass in your life and for God to move in and through you. That is why it's very important to know that promises require faith. You know, 1 Samuel 1, 16 to 19, I love this passage of scripture. It says, do not consider your handmaid to be a sinful, a sinful woman. Now, I'm just going to cut to the chase. Hannah was praying for a child. She was praying for a child. She was barren. People were speaking about her. People, she was the talk of the town. She was the, the, she was the you know, the, the whole gossip was centered around Hannah. You know, she's barren. She has no child. And she goes before God and she says, God, if you bless me with a baby boy, I will dedicate him to you all the days of his life. And then Eli sees her praying and, and, and he thought she was drunk. And then Eli answered and said, go in peace. Go in peace and the God of Israel grant you your request that you have asked of him. And she said, let your handmaid find grace in your sight. The woman went her way and ate and her face was not sad as before. An encounter with God. How many of you have? How many of you have been worse? I mean, I've been really down, and you've had an encounter with God, and you've come out even worse. Oh, really? You've come out feeling worse than when you. Yeah, but you need to press in, right? The problem is, the problem why we, let, 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 let me explain this. The problem why we allow ourselves to feel, why we come out feeling worse is because, you know, when we walk in, first of all, we don't want to spend time with God. And like, God, I'm giving you five minutes to transform my life right now. Okay, God, I need a breakthrough. This is not happening. It's not happening. No, 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 no. Imagine the pain Abraham must have gone through, not hearing God for 13 years. Imagine the pots and pans flying in his house. Imagine the fights between Sarah and Hagar. Because Hagar and Ishmael were staying over there as well. It was Abraham's mistake. Imagine Abraham walking out of his, of his tent and be like, God, where are you? I need you now. Where are you? No, no, no. You need to press in. You need to press in. She went away and ate and her face was not sad as before. They rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and they returned and came to their house to Ramah and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Say that, and the Lord remembered her. And the Lord remembered her. 
I want you to know today you may feel that you are forgotten. There's something happening. There's something that's going on in your life, going on in your family. You're trying to figure out, God, where are you when I need you right now? What's happening? You're waiting for that job. That job has not yet come through. You feel like all the doors are shut on every side. The window is shut. Everything is shut. You feel you've probably received a doctor's report and you're thinking, what's going to happen? But I want you to know, even right now, God remembers you and he's not done with you yet. He's not done with you yet. Your moment of sadness is going to turn into joy. The Bible says weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Your moment of sadness is going to leave and it's going to turn into joy because right now, even right now, God remembers you and he knows you and he knows what needs to be done for you. All that it requires is faith. All that it requires is faith. The last thing, the last thing I want to say is God's promises requires patience. It requires patience. You know, I only put this verse. I didn't put the next verse. It says, for you need patience so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. For you need patience so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. But let me say what verse 37 also says. It says, For in yet a little while, he who is to come will come and will not wait. It says, For you need patience so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Verse 37 says, For in a little while, he who is to come will come and will not wait. You've been waiting for that promise? I have good news for you this afternoon. God is going to come through. He's not going to wait. He is going to come through. You've been waiting for a while? That's okay. That's okay. You know, sometimes, you know, when we're young, it's, it's you know, we're praying, we're trusting God. When is that person going to come? You know, is, 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 is my Prince Charming going to come on a white horse with a nice, nice crafted sword? You know, is that girl going to come like a Bollywood movie running around all the trees, you know, and saying, oh, I'm here for you. We wait for various things. We wait for various things. We feel like that call is going to come right now. I gave that interview yesterday. That call is going to come right now. Whatever it is you're waiting for, I want you to know that you will not wait beyond the timing of God. God's timing is perfect. And you need to understand that the Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordained by him. God has not made a mistake in your life. God has not made a mistake in your life. What you may think has been delayed. And what you, listen, delay is not denial. What you may think is delayed is not denial. Is not denial by God. What you may think that I've, I, what you, what you, the way you may feel that I waited long enough, no, no, no. God knows how much you can handle. He knows how much you can bear. And he says he will not wait. He will come. He will come through. Yet in a little while, he will come and he will not wait. Whatever it is that you're waiting for today, be assured of that, that God is going to come through. God is going to come through. You know, the church is never more prophetic. The church is never more prophetic than when it is persecuted. The church is never more prophetic than when it is persecuted. 
Because when we are persecuted, we lean into the grace of God. So right now, waiting on that job, waiting on that family, family situation, waiting on that doctor's report may feel like you're persecuted, but lean into the grace of God. Lean into the grace of God. You know, you know God came back to Abraham and said, I am your shield, an exceedingly great reward. Whatever you lost was something in the past, but for whatever you're going to experience from now onwards is going to be glorious. Isaac is going to come through. Joy is going to come through. And it's not just Isaac who's going to experience it. It's for all of you. It's for the household. So what you may feel like, what you may feel like as persecution, I want to encourage you this afternoon to lean into the grace of God and hold on to the promise. Hold on to the promise. You know, a promise inspires vision. And a promise gives you motivation. A promise inspires vision. When you get a promise from God, it helps you to see from God's perspective, not your perspective. And a promise gives you motivation. It motivates you to know and believe that my God is the God of more than enough. My God will not cause my foot to, to slumber or fall. My God, will not, my God will not bring me down. But I believe that my God can do all things and he's a God with whom all things are possible. And if you are in that place today and you feel like you've been waiting for so long, you've been waiting for a breakthrough for, for so long, people around you have come and have encouraged you with verses, have encouraged you with scriptures, have prayed for you, and you are in that place, God, you promised me. Where is it? Where is it? Just all eyes closed. What's open, whatever you want. Oh, just lift up your hand. Just lift up your hand. If you're in that place and you're like, God, how long? How long? That's it. Just put your hands down. I want you to know that God remembers you. He hasn't forgotten about you. And every promise given to you and spoken over your life will come to pass in the name of Jesus.